Hey everyone, welcome back to Come in Grace, the brand new podcast brought to you by Grace Lutheran Church in Winter Haven, Florida. Today we're talking, continuing our series on time and talent and treasure, giving back to God what's already His. Uh, we're continuing that conversation today, uh, talking about talent. I'm Brendan Moore, and with me is Casey Billman, our Director of Children's Ministry here at Grace. Hey, Casey. Hey, Brendan. Hey, we're excited because... This is our third episode in this series, the very beginning, very first one. We talked about how God has created us to be managers on earth, to be his people who he's given resources of our time, precious commodity, our time and our talents uh, and our finances, our treasure. And so our calling as God's people is to be good managers and good stewards of what he's given us. So then we talked about that the first week. Last week, uh, Sam led us in a conversation all about devoting our time, giving our time back to God, using our time in service to our neighbor. That was awesome. Uh, And today we're tackling the middle part. What it doesn't mean to give our talents uh, back to God and to use our talents in service of our neighbors. So, um, Casey, I'm excited for our conversation today, learning about talents, um, talking about talents. So, uh, you ready to ready to jump in and learn about giving all that back to God? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right, sounds good. For um, talking about talents today, we're going to look at Matthew 25. There's all sorts of places we could look in the Bible to tell us about how we are to use our talents to serve God. But today we're going to talk about Matthew 25, uh, and I'm not I'm not going to read it, um, but I want to explain what Matthew 25 is. It's called the parable of the talents, uh, which is why we're going to talk about it today. Um, So basically, Jesus is telling this parable to a group of people, and he talks about um, someone who owns a whole bunch of stuff, lots of land, maybe a business, and he gives uh, three portions to three different people. Uh, To one person, he gives uh, five talents. Um, To one person, he gives two talents, and to one person, he gives one talent. Um, and then he goes away for a long time and says, here, uh, manage these talents for me. And we'll talk about what a talent means um, later. Uh, but this this manager goes away, um, this owner goes away, and the managers have these uh, talents to use. And then the manager comes back after an unspecified amount of time. And he says, all right, now show me what you did with the talents that I gave to you. And so the guy who got five talents, he shows, hey, master, look at this. I got ten talents in return and the master says oh that's great thank you so much good job a uh, good and faithful servant that's where that phrase comes from and then uh, the second guy comes and says hey master uh, you know what you gave me two talents so here uh, i'm giving you four in return so i doubled what you gave me and the master says great good job good and faithful servant i'm excited for you um uh, enter into my into my joy and then the third um, guy comes and he says you know what master i was afraid uh, I didn't want to lose uh, what you had given me, and I knew that you uh, liked to collect things that you didn't work for, and so I buried your talent. I didn't use it. I buried it, and so now I can only give you back what you had given me in the first place. And the master scolds him, and he says, you you wicked servant, um, I'm going to take away that talent that I gave to you, and I'm going to give it to the guy who uh, brought me 10 talents in return. So uh, he gave away, he took away from the person who didn't have very much, and he gave it to the person that had a lot. Um, so sometimes that seems unfair, Casey. Yeah, it Some, does. Sometimes you, we, we read that, and it's like, whoa, why didn't he, uh, why did he give uh, the person who had more and take away from the person who had less? Shouldn't, um, 
shouldn't Jesus be telling us to share with a person who has who has less? So we're going to talk about this talent a little bit and um, see what exactly is Jesus uh, telling us with this parable. So, uh, so Casey, what are um, talents? So um, I think something we get stuck on is um, talents weren't just like a form of money. Talents were um, 20 years of wages. So if he gave the first one um, five talents, it would have been equal to about $30,000 for, um, on average, if somebody's making $30,000, 30 times 20 ends up being like $600,000. He gave that first guy even just six hundred thousand dollars wow on the low end on the low end right like that's that. a, that's a lot of money um so even on the low end if he even gave the one guy one talent he was giving him thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and saying hey go out there find out what you can do with this and instead this guy decided to hide it under his bed mm-hmm. or dig a hole in the ground i don't know what you do with money back mm-hmm. then right like a pirate he, yeah <laughs> he buried it like a pirate yeah i buried it like pirate or like when i was little and you're trying to hide money from your sister mm. you hide it under your bed or in like that secret box in your closet that you also share with her so what are you supposed to do right um but uh so the two of the three servants ended up investing their talents and they doubled it by the time this man came back um, but the, the master didn't want his ser- the servants to hide their talent. He wanted them to go out and show it, just like God wants us to go out and show our talents. Um, he doesn't want us to, if we're not using our talents, we're not um, able to make ourselves better. We're not able to make ourselves um, able to um, easily use the talents that we have. Um, so I know a lot of people that are really good runners when they're younger, um, but if they're not consistently trying to make themselves better and better and keep training and practicing, by the time they're even out of high school or anything, they've lost that ability mm-hmm. to be athletic. Um, but one of the main things that we're um, talking about is talents versus skills, because you might have a talent for something. So like my talent is children's ministry. I'm pretty good at it. I think I'm really good with kids. I think other people would say I'm really good with <laughs> kids. Um, but I couldn't go to you, Brendan, and tell you how to come up with something, some craft to teach these kids. Absolutely not. Yeah. Nobody can teach me that. Yeah, no. But <laughs> yeah, I truly don't think anybody <laughs> could teach you that. But um, I could tell, you know, I could say, hey, you just need to be nice to them. You need to get mm. down on their level. But unless you're like naturally gifted with kids, they're probably not going to like you Mm. versus a skill. I could teach you a skill. I could go over to the computer and I could teach you how to make a PowerPoint or like I thought it would be really cool to learn how to juggle. So I taught myself how to juggle to impress boys. So I now have this wonderful skill of juggling. It's not going to come in handy anytime soon, but I could probably do it. Right. (laughs) Casey is an accomplished juggler, and in the event that that makes you want to ask her out, you don't bother because she's getting married soon. I am. January 7th. January 7th. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, Casey will be married. Congratulations, Casey. Also, that's a skill in and of itself. But that's Being married? Yeah, being married. That's true. But we can talk about that in future episodes. That's true. Absolutely. So, and... In this time, uh, in this talent, in this parable, talent is both, um, it is a unit of measurement for specifically money. Um, so five talents is a ton of money. One talent still isn't anything to balk at. Um, if somebody handed you $30,000, right, exactly. what would you do? Yeah, if it? somebody gave me, <laughs> gave me a year's wage, um, I wouldn't 
be disappointed about it. <laughs> so uh, even the one talent isn't a small thing, but yet it's not just a unit of measurement for money. We are also talking about actually talents, how you and I think about talents today, like the things that we're good at uh, and including those, those. And then there's still that distinction between talents and, and skills. Um, so talents are kind of things that you, that you said you're, you're born with, you're born good innate at. Innate inside of you. Yeah, innate. That's a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. Innate. And, and you kind of alluded to it, but can you, um, like develop your talents and, uh, get better at your talents like you do with skills? Yeah. So talents you're kind of born with. So there are people that are, can just look at the piano and know exactly what to play. And therefore, if they take piano lessons, they just become better. And they're not just picking up music by playing it by ear. They're actually learning the music and how to read the music and how to set the metronome. And um, you're able, you, you know, you're you're building up what you can do so that then you can go on and maybe use your talents to um, perform for somebody or uh, use it out in the world versus just using it inside of you. And so talents kind of give you like this elevated starting place. So you're not necessarily starting at zero, but you're starting a little <laughs> like bit. Like 50%, right. maybe, yeah. maybe 50%. Yeah, somebody who has less talent in that area <laughs> has to work a little bit harder just to catch up to your starting place. Yeah, I know sometimes when, uh, like if I haven't been at church for a little bit or, you know, you take a vacation, when I come back, like I will say my talent is kids, but you kind of feel awkward around those kids. You're like, mm-hmm. what do I talk to them about? They've grown like five inches in a week. What am I supposed to say to these people? They're totally different than when I left. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to use your skills or use your talents that you've had in order to build it up. But versus what what's a talent that you naturally have? Yeah. So naturally, I think um, I can read people and especially their moods. Oh, you midwife you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm a naturally pretty empathetic person. And uh, I think it, it is a talent because I can kind of feel how people are feeling. Um, but I had to develop it mm-hmm. because when I was younger, um, how other people's moods were completely affected my mood. I couldn't separate like my mood from other people's moods. So if I was around people who were in a bad mood, well, like I would have a bad day and I wouldn't know why. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I got older and realized like, Hey, this is what's happening. You're feeling other people's feelings. That the empathy, right? Yeah. 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 And so, um, so I think that that's a talent too, but, um, you know, there's, it, it's strange. Like, when we think of talents, we always think of them as almost like physical things that we can see. But that's one that's like uh, mentally inside right. of you versus, yeah. you know. Yeah, you could you call see. it like a personality trait, too, mm-hmm. uh, or kind of like like you with kids. Like uh, it definitely is a talent um, being able to relate to kids and um, have them open up to you because kids don't do that with everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes talents are things we might take for granted Mm -hmm. uh, because they're just part of who we are. And we just assume other people are that way. Yeah. Um, And then you meet people that aren't that way. And it's like, Oh gosh, like this is not (laughs) something that's ubiquitous for everybody. Yeah. So Picasso, my um, soon to be husband now Mm -hmm. husband, by the time this comes out, I handed him your baby the other day, Paxton. Mm -hmm. And literally he was like, what, how do you hold him and make it look so natural? And I'm like, you just, you just hold, just hold him. him. Right. You just pick him up. Right. And that's something you didn't think about the mechanics of before because you, you hold babies out to you do. Yeah, basically. Um, so I talked about my skill of juggling. I have other skills that I've picked up. Mm-hmm. I like to think my skill might be podcasting one of these days. There you go. But um, Podcasting yeah. skill and development. <laughs> yeah, but what what's a skill that you think you have? Yeah, I've I've played soccer for most of my life. And so that's definitely a skill. And with with athletics too you could say people say you know they have talent and this and that and 
you know, you might have some part, like we talked about, a starting place. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I wasn't five years old and the same skill that I have with soccer right now. Right. So that's something that got developed over 26, 27 years. Wow, you started soccer at three or so? I started soccer at uh, four, four or five. Oh, wow, that's amazing. That's how old I am. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't think there's any skills I start. Oh, well, I'm not I would never considered myself skilled in this area. However, I did choir for many years. Oh, I yeah? still like to dabble in going to the, you know, the church choir here and mm-hmm. things like that when they have it. Um so I I'm not good. Like I would never give myself an excellence rating or superior rating that they give them at the things but it really enjoyed just going and learning and like i had missed what it was like to um have like a choir like your high school choir teacher mm-hmm. really kind of helps you hone whatever oh by the way it's not called soul fish it's called sophage i don't even think you know what that is i don't, I don't that's a uh, different language okay. that i don't know but completely learned that i've been saying it wrong for years now nice. and um but just like honing that skill of of learning to read notes, of it's it's not even something that I'm going to use everyday life, but it's fun to do. Mm-hmm. So your skills don't even have to be something, you know. You're using you're 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 uh, thinking are going to pertain to your everyday life. They could just be something you want to learn how to do. Yeah, and there's different levels of like you don't have to be um, one of the world's greatest professionals to consider something a skill or or a talent. So there's. There's a, a threshold that sometimes we can put on skills and say, oh, I don't really actually have any skills and, and I'm not talented at anything. I like it when uh, you ask the kid, ask kids, like, what are you good at? Nothing. Yeah, you are. There's got to be something right. you're good at. Right. Yeah. We um, This Time Talent Treasure Workshop was born from 7th <laughs> and 8th grade confirmation, wanting to teach kids how they can use their time, talents, and treasures to glorify God and to serve their neighbors. And so we had to ask them, you know, what are what are you good at? And almost every time you ask a middle schooler, what are you good at? They're going to say nothing. Nothing. Um, Literally like that. Nothing. Yeah, I'm not good at anything. <laughs> and so, but adults can be that way too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you ask just a random person, what are they good at? And sometimes you're going to get that because we have such a, well, I'm not, um, I'm not a LeBron James of basketball. I'm not a Mozart, so I guess I don't have any talent or skill. I think we also put a lot of, like, even the examples we're giving, we put a lot of emphasis on, like, athleticism and mm-hmm. um, musical abilities. But you don't have to be athletic or musical. You can have talents or skills in different areas. Like, some people are really good at tech. Mm-hmm. Some people are really good at cooking. Um, your wife is very good at cooking. That is definitely a talent versus yeah. a skill for her. She is amazing. Yeah, and hospitality in general making people feel welcome and wanted um that's that's something that is that is huge and we see it over and over again in the bible about um how hospitable people and how they they treat strangers and make and are hospitable to them it's the mary versus martha right exactly yeah exactly and so in that instance jesus is kind of like hey you know what like right now the hospitality part's not not what you need to be focusing on. You need to be listening to me. But at the same time, her busyness is, is normally a good thing. Yeah. Um, there are lots of times in the Bible we can we can point that out. And so a lot of times these things we take for granted, like my um, empathy things and personality traits, um, we don't see them as skills or talents, but are actually real gifts uh, for other people that they can um, – experience the love of God through those things that we, uh, I'm not good at anything, but they're expressions of God's love to people. That's a, that's a big deal. 
Um, what are some uh, ways that we're able to explore those talents? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of times, um, well, kind of like you said, how uh, singing is something you enjoy and learning about it and getting better at it is something that's fun for you. Uh, a lot of times our talents and our skills uh, are align up with our interests. And so not everything that you're interested in, you're going to be great at. Um, but at the same time, normally the things that you're good at, you're not going to hate. And if you do, then that's fine. You don't have to pursue those kinds of things. But uh, your interest is a great place to start to learn about what am I good at. Um, and so sometimes that involves trying a whole bunch of stuff. Like you don't know about if you're good at something or interested at something until you try it. And then you, if you're interested in it, then you keep getting better and developing that skill. And um, the things that are interesting and are fun that you like to do, you're it's going to be easier and more natural to get good it, at them. It's funny. There's a lot of people with like ADHD who always like buy a whole lot of things to try something. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll spend like $300 to get all the equipment they need. And then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, I really hate doing this. But there's always that one thing that you pick up. And you're like, wow, I really enjoy doing this. Right. I Mine was bracelet making in high school. Loved. But you loved to do or you didn't like I to do? I loved making bracelets. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I did not uh, diamond art painting. I don't know if you've ever, they're like these little crystals. I am not. Like rhinestones? Yeah. They're like okay. little rhinestones that you like put on. I had a friend, Cynthia, I'm sorry, um, that gave me it. <laughs> Turns out I have no patience to, uh, you know, individually place every single crystal uh, yeah. onto this painting. So I learned, you know, that form wasn't appealing to you. That form was not appealing right. to me. So right. that is not going to be a talent or a skill that I have. Nice. So I um I picked up woodworking not too long ago, like coming up on two years probably, and um, came totally out of the blue. My dad used to make things and fix things with wood and also just in general. And growing up, I never wanted to be a part of it. I was like, why would you Why would you spend your time making things out of wood? And then one day I was like, you know what? I want to make Jordan something. I want to make my wife something. And I was like, Dad, let's build a shelf. <laughs> and he would built my mom's shelves. And he was like, okay. And so he did it in like less than a day. And it was like anticlimactic. And it hadn't scratched the itch for me yet. And I was like, all right, well, we need to build more things because that wasn't enough. <laughs> and and so I just like got neck deep into this like hobby and it reminded you reminded me of when you said you know you buy all the things for it yeah. and it was like all of a sudden like I got interested in woodworking and luckily I still am so yeah. it wasn't a waste of money <laughs> um, but it's like you don't get into woodworking to save money no so you, you convince yourself you know well then I'll be able I'll need all these things and these skills so that I can buy these make these furniture things or make things that are buying them and it's no that's it doesn't save you any money no, it still costs you about two hundred dollars for the wood yeah you know, it, four or five hundred dollars yeah. for whatever jigsaw you're trying to use right and you and ikea is always going to be cheaper <laughs> than just the materials let alone the time yeah but also that's particle board versus like super nice walnut right. or anything that you're trying to use right and so you know like i don't know that i have talent in woodworking maybe the talent is that i'm a super like i like things to be precise and exact mm -hmm. and that's that's important for woodworking you uh, measure twice cut once um i measure a hundred times and still cut the wrong <laughs> measurement so <laughs> it doesn't really matter how many times i measure because it's still going to come out wrong <laughs> but um uh, so yeah that's that's a skill that i've had had fun um getting better at uh and i didn't realize it until i don't know if i saw a youtube video or i just looked at my dad's shelf that he built for my mom and he was like, I want to do that too. That sounds like something that'd be when cool. When I was growing up, you know, during summer break, you don't really have anything to do. Um, so my granddad always had a role that I had to come up with some kind of 
interests. So juggling was one of those. He told me, you know, learn the guitar, learn Jingle Bells, stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, one one summer though, we made a paddle wheel boat out of wood, which was would be really cool to do with one of your kids. That's um, neat. It's just a little rectangle with a you know triangle part, and then you make the little paddle. But um, there was like all these different things that he made me try all these different talents and things like that. We did mm-hmm. cotillion, so we would learn how to dance and find out. Are you a good you know, a good classical dancer. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're not waltzing at your wedding. Yeah, well, not very well. And Casa can't waltz either, so we won't try that. Okay. Um, but you know, it, I think without him, I wouldn't have tried as many different things. We spent one whole summer just baking, mm-hmm. um, because I was like, well, that was fun, and that was something he wanted us to learn. Um, he taught me how to do fractions, so that I would have the skill of using fractions before I was even in kindergarten. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah, but that's it, it's good to always like have that ability to know, hey, I can put this, you know, skill aside, pick another one up and see if I like it. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, I don't like this one. Oh, I'm going to go back to this one, which I really did enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so trying, trying different things doesn't mean that you're committing your life to life to that or, and you don't have to go all in and, and get all of the, the fanciest and nicest and most expensive equipment to to help we're you do that. Into yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we did go all in on the podcasting route. Uh, we did do that, but um, that doesn't. That's not how you have to explore all of all skills and everything. And it can kind of getting your feet wet process instead mm-hmm. of jumping the deep end and hope you don't sink. Yeah. Uh, another good way of exploring some talents is asking people. Asking those people around you that really know you. That's a good idea. Um, because you might just do something every day and not realize that that's a talent to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, your empathy. I notice you're very empathetic, but um, a lot of the times you might not have known you were empathetic. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like you said, a lot of those, um, the things that we're especially good at and we don't necessarily realize that that's unique to us or that it's not the same for everybody else. And sometimes it's asking other people is really helpful. I know that, um, one of the ways, one of the things that recruiters for the seminary talk to guys about when they're talking about, you know, if you want to be a pastor or not, some, some people will feel, you know, I want to be a pastor for this reason or for another, some internal feeling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, they always ask what the people around them think. Uh, well, what do your your parents think? What do your friends think? What are what are your, your pastors? Um, can they do they see you in that kind of role? Because sometimes those talents and skills and callings are um, validated by the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, having those conversations with other people about what you see them being good at, what, where their skills and talents are, um, that can be really helpful for showing validating those things in us and also showing us what might be hidden to ourselves and i think um another good way of relating this back is like you're using your talents and skills you know kids at school but adults at work so if you're not enjoying your work and you're not finding it like fulfilling like you're allowed to change that job just like Mm -hmm. you're allowed to change your skill or your talent you can go hey you know this isn't quite reaching whatever part of my heart it is, I think I need to go out there and find mm-hmm. something different. Right. For sure. And, um, so then we've, we've done a great job of talking about talents and skills. What are they? How do we find them? Um, realizing that we've all got them, uh, no matter if we're, uh, LeBron James or not, uh, most of us aren't. Um, and oh, so two feet too t- short. <laughs> shucks. Uh, that's the only thing keeping me from the NBA. <laughs> Um, and so 
and so uh, as Christians, we won't, we've talked about how we're, we're managers of these things God has given us, and so uh, we want to use them for God and to um, to put these talents to work uh, to serve God. Um, and so we, that's a great thing to say. But how do how do we actually do that? What does that What does that even look like? Yeah. Like what does what does God need? Um, in this case, my talents. What does God need? my talents for and is that talent necessarily just in the church like we don't want to just stay right here where are we supposed to spread these talents to right well and 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 so we look oh i want to serve i want to serve god how do i how do i do that Mm -hmm. um really what does god need from me god doesn't need a whole lot from me oh this is the back to the two kinds of righteousness right yeah 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah and so uh I'm called to serve God, um, love love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. What Jesus said, and also serve my neighbor as myself. So, how do I serve God? Well, God doesn't really need a whole lot of me. He's a lot stronger than I am. He's a lot more powerful than I am. He knows everything, and I don't know very much. And so, <laughs> it really, it really puts you in perspective of how little you know right. when you think of how much God does. Right, exactly. And so, when you imagine and remember what God, who God is, it's like, well what on earth does he need my service for? And the answer is he doesn't need you. So how do I serve God? Well, he calls, what he does call me to do is to go and serve my neighbor. Mm-hmm. He does call me to do what I can to, uh, for the people around me. And so how do we serve God? Well, we actually serve God by serving our neighbors, mm-hmm. by serving the people around us. Um, and sometimes we might see uh, like service and worship, service to our church. Uh, that's also service to our God. Um, and you, I can see that. That's that, that is true. You know, when you're doing things um, in church in a worship service, um, that is a kind of service and to God. We got really lucky um, when we started this time talent treasure workshop for the confirmance uh, students that we were able to have a lot of the people that help run our church mm-hmm. and keep it going. Those like volunteers that are always consistently moving out the bulletins and getting the children's ministry going for the Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, what's it called? What that you were doing? The soundboard mm-hmm. up there, the live stream and everything. We were able to get all those, uh, volunteers in to show the kids like, Hey, this is what we do. And without these volunteers, I mean, these are 20 volunteers without them every week. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if we're doing that much. Right. Yeah. Just to make a, a Sunday worship service happen. Um, it takes so many people and it was kind of eye opening when we we're putting all that together to see all the different groups of people it takes because uh when you even right when you walk out to the doors of the church you're greeted by people who are being hospitable yeah making you feel welcome and i don't know about you but like if i was to put my sister out there to be a greeter she mm-hmm. would not love that but those people that are out there greeting are doing such a great job and they're friendly and they're smiling the entire time right you can tell that they're interested in it they love it and they have a real talent for making people feel welcome mm-hmm. and then there's um you walk in and there's people who are waiting to show you to a seat or to to give you a a bulletin the the program for the for the service so we have ushers who are waiting to help you there and leading up to even the ushers just handing you the bulletin we've got a whole crew that comes in and helps fold all those bulletins mm-hmm. print them out right getting um, the bulletins from from somebody's head or from the printer or from the computer all the way to the narthex when people are the usher's hands when you come in mm-hmm. that's a big long process there's a lot of people involved in yeah. printing and i think folding. about six people end up touching all you not touching but you know handling right. the bulletins yeah having something to do with that we got yeah. a big crew that comes in and preps those every single week 
um, and uh, an awesome, awesome administrator in our office who puts them together and makes sure every detail is perfect. Somebody comes in and proofreads Mm -hmm. the work that she does before it all gets printed. Somebody comes in to help with the day of printing. And then there's a group that folds them and gets them all ready, uh, nice and ready to be handed out on the weekends. Yeah. So that's a big deal too. And then, like you said, there's um, once you get in the, finally into the church, there's um, people who are in charge of the sound, make sure the sound's working properly or as mm-hmm. best as we can, given technology. The praise team, if mm-hmm. you come to the 830 service, we've got a whole, I mean, there's six people over there yeah. that are giving their time just to get music to right. our ears so we can worship and praise God. Yep. At least at least those six people, there's somebody running a, a projector <laughs> to make sure that everybody knows what's going on at what time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, that person's locked in and engaged. Uh, 1045, there's an organist who's got to spend a lot of time practicing mm-hmm. and building the skills and the talents to be able yeah. to play a, a pipe organ to lead if, our worship. If you have the people that are singing in the choir or mm-hmm. the people that are playing the handbells, you've got somebody that's, you know, let a practice for them, you know, once or twice a week mm-hmm. in order to get them to the level that they're able to perform. Yep. There's uh, lectors who are reading our scriptures uh, for each service. And so, you know, they, they read, sure, but the real skill is reading it into a microphone in front of a room full of 100, 200 people. And I don't care if you're, you know, 10 or 102, reading in front of that many people is always going to be scary. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter how many times. I mean, I know you said, you know, you, you might not get as nervous as a pastor, mm. but you probably even still go up the pulpit and you're like, well, right. look at all these people staring at me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta hear, deliver something worth hearing here. Yeah. And when you're reading it, you, you don't want to mess up. No. Nobody wants to be the person that messes up in public. Yeah. No. And I can listen to the sound of my own voice like all day long. But the second you put me in front of, and, and I can talk to kids all day long, mm-hmm. but the second you put me in front of those adults, there's just no, you can't see me shaking my head, I realize. Right. But there's nothing in me that wants to talk in front of that many people. Yep. So so those those lectors do an amazing job and mm-hmm. they've got skills. There's uh, our children's ministry that happens, our children's messages and our children's church and our Sunday school and all those kinds of activities that make kids mm-hmm. uh, feel welcome and bring the gospel to them in a way that they, they understand, understand and relate to. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yep. We have uh, the elders that give mm-hmm. out communion. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. They're the whole people that set up uh, the communion before um, the wine and the, what what are they called? The altar guild. Right. The altar guild. They come in before everybody else and make sure mm-hmm. the wine's out and the uh, communion wafers are there. Yeah, communion doesn't just appear on the altar miraculously. It is a, a process of people being scheduled and planned and procedures and put honestly, in place. that's more of the miracle is that everybody's come together at the right time in the right exactly. place exactly. instead of it just appearing on the altar. Right. Every <laughs> single week, all of this, all this happens and we have somebody who is, we're recording this on a Wednesday, which is when our volunteer coordinator comes in and calls all these people to set up and schedule and make sure everything is in place and ready for Sunday to happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of the other places kids work uh, are, are able to join in too is uh, acolyting and cruciferring. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Cruciferring. And uh, when you're a kid, once again, you get up there in front of that many people, mm-hmm. it's a little nerve wracking. And they do such a great job. I mean, not always perfect, but they do a great job. Yeah. Our kids do an awesome job and they're literally starting and closing worship. So mm-hmm. so they're a huge part of, of our worship services. Yeah, and I, I might tell them every week, no eyes are on them, but literally all eyes yeah. are on them. <laughs> literally at one, at one point or another, every single eye will be on them. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a huge deal. And then um, our live stream team. Our 1045 service, uh, we have an amazing broadcast booth. Um, 
uh, put together by one of our one of our volunteers who uh, is um, who made his career out of broadcasting. And so, but it takes at least three people to run that. Yeah. And every single week, at least once a week, and then when we have special services, there's more people, uh, more of them involved in that. And they're so dedicated to make sure that our service gets um, recorded and live streamed and broadcasted literally anywhere in the world with Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, and so anybody who can't make it to church for physical reasons or anybody who's homebound or shut in, and then anybody around the world can can hear the gospel from Grace Lutheran Church because of our live stream team. Yeah, we've got some of our uh, analytics back, and as far as, like, the Philippines, people mm-hmm. have been watching. Yeah, Guam was a big, uh, big um, <laughs> That's funny. live streamer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all of these – that's. That took us a while to talk about all Sorry. the people involved. No, yeah. it's fun because yeah. there's so many good people who dedicate. I, I want to make sure we don't forget them all. Exactly. Because, like, literally, I don't think we would be here without them. Right. No, yeah. our, our Sunday service, as we know it, doesn't <laughs> doesn't happen. And then that's. Oh, don't forget Saturday. Saturday, yeah, Saturday service. That's not, to, that's not to mention all the things that happen during the week with mm-hmm. all of the volunteers. So we have so many great, amazing people and who put all this together and give of their time and of their talents um, to make sure all of that happens. And a lot of them do see it as I'm doing this service for God because God wants us to come and worship him and so that we can be in his presence and receive his gifts. Uh, and and that, is, that is true. But at the same time, it's a service to our neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's a service to each other um, because we need that. We need this time of worship with God. We needed to receive this from God. And Everything that we do in worship that helps our hearts connect to the Spirit of God is a a huge service. And so everybody who's a part of that is doing this incredible thing for um, everybody everybody who's receiving those benefits. And I know you don't like the word fellowship, but it really is that huge huge fellowship where everybody's teaming Uh together. Um, but those are really great ways that we're able to get involved in the church. What are ways that we can do it outside? Absolutely. Um, because God doesn't just call us to give of our time and our talents, uh, just in service to other Christians. But um, one of the main ways that we spread God's love is by serving our neighbors who aren't a part of the church. And so um, there's all sorts of amazing organizations uh, all around. We're based in Winter Haven. And so uh, there's all sorts of organizations around Winter Haven who do all sorts of incredible things. And we have a lot of uh, members who volunteer at different places who are really, really busy throughout the work throughout the week who are working with these organizations who don't really have anything to do uh, with grace, but they fill a need in our community. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that we're working to fill a need um, for somebody else, um, that's a service to that person. And that's using your time and your talents, uh, being a good steward and manager that God tells you to go, I've given you this, go and multiply that Mm -hmm. by giving them to somebody else. Um, and so sometimes that is partnering with other organizations who do good things in your community. Sometimes it's, um, what can I do for the people who are closest to me? How can I serve my family? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I be the best um, husband or wife that I can be? How can how does my husband or wife need me right now? Right. And what I have to give, how do my kids need me? How do my parents need me? Mm-hmm. Um, my siblings, and then expand that out a little bit, how does my next door neighbor need me? Mm-hmm. Um, how does... The this subdivision, this area that I live in. And it can be something like for your neighbor, as easy as moving their, uh, the garbage can right. that they haven't been able to get up from mm-hmm. the street, just moving it back up to their house or, or mowing lawns. Yeah. Mowing. mowing season never stops in Florida. No, it does. You guys not have mowing season up North. 
We do or have over mo- to the west. We do have mowing season up north, but it ends in like November. Oh no! So the grass doesn't grow in November through March. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. you got to winterize it and get it ready to not be mowed or anything. Didn't even think about that. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Above Florida, you you kind of stop mowing for a while. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a neighbor who I just had to watch her put her Christmas lights on her house because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure she wasn't going to fall. Did she know I was watching her? No, but she did break a hip once. But you were on the lookout. <laughs> you were ready. So, yeah. Sometimes it's calling. It's calling the ambulance. Be like, hey, you, you got to get some help. Yeah. Sometimes um, my wife and I just uh, had a baby, Paxton, mm-hmm. uh, your godson, yeah. um, and so. Um, while we were Jordan was recovering from that, I'm not a very good cook, and our friends and close people knew that, and they said, "Hey, we gotta feed these people so that they're not living on McDonald's <laughs> and, and Chick Fil A, yeah, peanut butter <laughs> and jelly for the next uh, couple weeks." And so we had so many great people who their service to us was um, making meals for us and dinners, and so um, we were all fed. The kids were fed. My wife was fed. I was fed. It was great because of the service that people did for us, mm-hmm. and it was amazing and so uh kind of like how our time our talents and our skills don't have to be these grand things um the the ways that we put them in service to other people um, don't have to be huge uh Mm -hmm. gestures either yeah or simply like you remembered somebody did that for you oh wait you know like you guys got food you guys have done that for other people as well so it's that oh well we want to return the favor we want to reciprocate what we've been given just as much so how can we help somebody else along the road Mm -hmm. just kind of helps that stewardship keep going Mm mm-hmm Right, exactly. And like you like you mentioned, all of this is um, part of that two kinds of righteousness part. It flows from God's love um, for us, and because God has loved us so well and so perfectly, we lo- show love and um, serve our neighbors around us. Mm-hmm. And so um, being good managers of our talents are really about using what God has given us, these gifts, talents, skills um, that we've built up so that our neighbor can be served and have what they need. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I want to share an, one more um, Bible verse with us on top of the um, on top of the parable of the talents. Um, Paul in Romans twelve verse six, he says, "Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy." in proportion to our faith. So Paul's encouraging us that, um, like we talked about, everybody's got different skills, everybody's got different talents, and so our role is to use them in service of our neighbor, whatever they may be, um, to learn what they are, and to, just like the the good stewards who multiplied their master's um, talents that they were given, uh, put them to work. Like you said, don't hide them. Put them to work. Um, let other people be blessed um, by what God has blessed you with, and give back to God what He's already given to you. I really like it. Thanks for doing this with me. That Thank was really you. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And make sure uh, to join us next week when we're talking about our treasures. How do we give our treasures back to God um, when he, with what He has already given to us? You know who's really excited for this one? Who is Pastor Rich? He's yeah, really Pastor for this. Pastor Charles is going to be talking to us about uh, giving of our finances so you don't want to miss it stay tuned subscribe on whatever platform listening this to this too Uh, be on the lookout for your emails we're going to let you know when uh, that podcast drops and uh, until next time i keep giving back to god what he's already given to you